Welcome to the table, Blackjack fans, and welcome to episode two of the Ace 10 podcast. I'm your host, Rod Villagomez. Find me on Twitter at RJ Villagomez. You can find the show on Twitter at Ace 10 Cast. Another win, another podcast. Uh, I do apologize for last week, and I, I joked and said that uh, the, the podcast got cut off, the transmission got cut off, but uh, uh, unfortunately, I just uh, really ran out of time in the week and uh, couldn't get to a, an episode. But, uh, you know, we, we lamented a loss last week or the week before, and we celebrated a very thrilling victory this week. Unfortunately, a lot of us couldn't see it. I'm so disappointed that uh, I got to watch at least the first couple of scores, but I did not get to watch the exciting ending. Uh, we'll talk all about that game and uh, the rest of what's coming up in the show uh, right now. So as I said on the outset, uh, the Atlantic City Blackjacks did get another win and they picked it up in thrilling last minute fashion uh, against the Baltimore Brigade. 35-34, a single point, and the difference was a blocked field goal in the fourth quarter uh, that Baltimore was was set to do and they were set to make that kick and win the game in, in the last waning seconds of the game, uh, but it was actually not, uh, uh, did not come through. <laughs> Uh, the Blackjacks blocked the kick and everybody went home happy in Atlantic City, uh, as did we. So uh, I wish that uh, the game would have actually been all the way through. And I understand that there was technical difficulties. And as a sports broadcaster, uh, I understand completely 1000 um, percent how that can happen and how it's it's a lot of times out of the control of the folks that are in the broadcast and especially this is brand new this is uh, uh you know that i don't think they've been shown on on the espn streaming platform before and uh, there's a lot of moving parts to that stuff and if one thing just goes wrong and your entire stream goes down uh there's literally nothing you can do but sit there and uh you know i i wonder that they tried to to get the stream back up um it was the backup encoder or, or um, a second encoder that they were using uh, was the explanation. And so that went out and there went the rest of the game. So uh, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I, I would have loved to have seen the last minute heroics. Somebody did post it online. So thanks to the person with the cell phone that uh, that did the blocked kick for us that we could see. Um, but overall, you know, again, another great win, a low scoring game. And in fact, nobody scored in the fourth quarter in that game, which is almost unheard of in arena football. And uh, you got to wonder what this running clock is, is doing to uh, all of these teams. I mean, I know that the announcers continue to talk about it. And um, in fact, hopefully uh, next week I'll, I'll be able to get somebody that can explain that to me as well um, on the show show. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease the fact that there's a, a great guest. I'm going to have my first guest next week on the show, and uh, I'm pretty excited about that, and, and I hope you guys are too. Uh, but I mean, I wonder how much that running clock is really settling into um, the game plan for these these uh, coaches, because again, scoring's down, but uh, for nobody to score in the entire fourth quarter of the game, um, that was, that's almost unheard of in arena football. And I mean, again, I'm, I'm relatively new and I still know that that's, <laughs> that's not the norm, uh, as far as, uh, what, uh, what to expect during a, um, an actual arena football league game. So, uh, and, and the scoring started out slowly actually in this one as well. In the first quarter, there was only two touchdowns. Uh, the first of which, uh, by the big, by the big guy, big, big guy touchdown, uh, Malia, he got a seven yard run, uh, to, to open up the scoring and then Hills, man, Joe Hills, 
caught a touchdown pass from Shane Boyd. Now, we've heard that one before to tie the game in the first quarter. So each team really only getting uh, one across the goal line there for for their team. And it, again, it, it, it was a little bit of a slow first quarter, a little boxing match going on, some good defense happening as well, uh, which Atlantic City actually has. They've got a great defense this year. So um, it's not really surprising that, that Baltimore really couldn't get it going early on. Um, but in the second quarter, they did end up picking it up, outscoring uh, the Blackjacks 20-14 to 14 in that quarter, uh, where Hills caught another two touchdowns, or actually, he, he ran two more in, uh, not, not caught them this time, he ran them in from one and two yards out, uh, and then Nixon got a three-yard run, so all three of Baltimore's touchdowns in that second quarter came by the rush. <laughs> So Shane Boyd, fantasy owners, were pulling their hair out uh, as they didn't get any of those points. That would have been three more uh, touchdown passes for Shane Boyd, but unfortunately that did not happen. So uh, again, if you were a Hills owner or even a Nixon owner, you were happy there because they got the only six points. And if anybody was playing Shane Boyd against you, they didn't get it. Uh, but yeah, so Still and and Brown got the two touchdowns for Atlantic City. And uh, it, it, Rashard Still starting to make a little bit of a name for himself. I mean, he's catching touchdown passes. If only he'd get a little more involved in the offense. Um, but it's hard to do with Lamarck Brown and Kendrick Ings over there hogging up all the targets. Uh, and then Antoine Grant also being in the mix. So for still, I guess he'll just be happy catching touchdown passes as long as the team wins. But um, if you're trying to roster him for fantasy, uh, you'll probably want to... Um, do it on a lineup where you've got everybody else that's a ridiculous stud. Um, and, and, and in fact, if you listen to the Arena Kings football uh, DFS podcast later, um, you, we may tell you to stay away from still altogether. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, that, that ended the quarter um, 27-21 in favor of the brigade. And really, you know, going into the half only down by six, it's not bad. I mean, Atlantic City obviously would, would have liked to have had the lead, um, but uh, they were looking good, and they, they've been looking good. And that's, that's the encouraging thing about this team. They're not, they don't look like they're out of it at all. In fact, they, they do look competitive. And with a winning record, you know, it, it, it's, it's good for them to feel as if they're in the mix of things in their first season. Uh, we all know that Washington uh, last season only won two games and then won the uh, Arena Bowl. So um, I know that the, the records almost don't matter, but this season they kind of do because of the fact that there's two more teams now. And it, it may not be, you may not be able to sneak in with uh, two wins in this season to get into the playoffs. In fact, you probably won't be able to sneak in with two wins into the playoffs um, the way it is and uh, and win the, the Arena Bowl. So, um, you know, it was a good first half. I saw a lot of good things um, out of out of the team until I couldn't watch it anymore. But uh, I, I'm still encouraged by a lot of what's going on on the field. And so when they started the third quarter, uh, it was a 20-yard touchdown pass from uh, Boyd to Williams that uh, made the score 34-21. to 21. Uh, And really, again, that's when the team started to pull away. And you, it, the Blackjacks are showing a lot of grit. Uh, right now, and uh, they're they're showing a lot of fight, and and to be down by thirteen going into the third quarter. I know again, I know it's arena football. I know that the leads can change in a heartbeat, but as we've seen so far this season, it, it's not oh, a lot of seesaw battles. Uh, if you can pull away to a pretty decent sized lead, uh, it doesn't close up as quickly as it used to. 
Um, but for the the Blackjacks to come back um, on a on another touchdown pass to Lamarck Brown uh, from Hibbard, and then Kendrick Ings getting in the end zone to end the third quarter uh, was was a really what put them up 35-34 and into that fourth quarter where nary a point was scored. And in fact, there was an attempt for one uh, to close the game. But the Atlantic City defense came out huge, uh, blocked that kick and and made it to where uh, Baltimore could not escape with the win. Um, and, and again, I, I didn't get to see it, so I'm not really sure what happened to Randy Hippert, but Hippert was actually uh, not participating in practice for the better part of this week. Uh, thankfully, he is a full participant this week, So, uh, or today anyways. He was a full participant as of Thursday, which I'm taping this. Uh, so hopefully by tomorrow or today, if you're listening, he'll be available to play uh, because Hippert is really starting to, uh, I, I think, again, he's not the flashiest of quarterbacks right now. He's he's not the one that's lighting up the scoreboard uh, like Arvell Nelson was earlier, and even he's cooled down a little bit. But um, what Hippert can do is can actually just take this team and and do what needs to be done. Uh, you know, he, he's he's right now, he's got 1,233 yards and 22 touchdowns. Um, five interceptions, which is, you know, kind of a high number for this time of the season. Uh, in fact, he only threw five interceptions in his entire season last season with Baltimore. So, you know, to, to have five interceptions early on, again, it's a young team. I'm sure he's still getting on the page, same page with a lot of his receivers, but, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit disheartening. But 22 touchdowns, not bad. Uh, 1,200 yards so far. Uh, on on 117 completions, uh, Hippert is looking good, and and his receiving core around him is looking good. And like I said, his defense is really looking good. Uh, you got to give a huge shout out to guys like Keontae Northington uh, and Marvin Ross. You know those guys are really stepping up there and 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 making it difficult for offenses, opposing offenses, to work. Um, and 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 they're back there really patrolling the backfield, uh, doing a great job of of just keeping this offense in the game and, and making it to, to where they can be explosive when they need to be. So, uh, like I said, a lot of encouraging things to take away from that. Uh, and, and really just, I think going forward, we have a lot of more great Atlantic City Blackjack football to look forward to. Final stats for Hippard, 20-26, 237, and four touchdowns. Uh, Antoine Grant, again, really just leading the way uh, with receptions. This guy, target monster on this team. Antoine Grant, seven receptions, 111 yards. He did not find the end zone, uh, but uh, Kendrick Ings and Lamarck Brown did, and so did Rashad Still. Uh, Ings had six for 63 and a touchdown. Lamarck Brown, five for 43 and two touchdowns. Not a giant yard total for Lamarck Brown, but he continues to get in the end zone with some regularity and uh, will will definitely be a force to reckon with coming up uh, in the next few games. Uh, Rashad still, like I said, one catch, four yards, one touchdown. Not not a lot of involvement, uh, but you know, again, it's a matter of him getting into the end zone and maybe, maybe he can break through that that big three uh, next game and, and get in there. So, uh, And then Wesley Malia, one catch for 16 yards, but he did have that rushing touchdown on two carries. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball for Shane Boyd, it was 25 of 39, 207 and two touchdowns. Again, not gigantic Shane Boyd numbers, but when three touchdowns get run in, you don't have to have uh, you know the, the giant numbers for that. Uh, Joe Hills caught the touchdown. Like I said, Milton Williams caught another touchdown. Hills, nine for 68. 
Williams, eight for 68. So a couple of 68 yard performances there. And then Brandon Collins getting in the mix, eight for 71. Uh, And then on the rushing side, Rory Nixon getting in for that touchdown. Four rushes, four carries, one touchdown. That's a great day. Uh, That's a great day to just write home about. And then Joe Hills, two carries, three yards, two touchdowns. So. Yeah, really, again, this was a a, a gritty game. Um, From what I got to see in the beginning of it, uh, it was was definitely a gritty game, and I I enjoyed watching the the first half, or the first two drives, rather. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Anyways, what what you want to see now for the rest of the season is this offense going at it and, and, and doing what they're doing. And really just the, the more familiarity Hippert gets with Ings and Brown and Grant and Still, uh, I think the better off you're going to see this team be. And, and a game like this against Baltimore, uh, where they hung on to win and, and showed some, some fight at the end, uh, it definitely is a, is a great sign. And it, it's a great encouraging sign to see for the rest of the season. So, um, all right, well, let's take a look ahead at uh, what we got going on next week or this week or tomorrow or today when Whenever you're listening to this, we'll take a look at our next game. So the Blackjacks turn their attention this week to the Columbus Destroyers, a team that they actually have already beaten once this season, 42-35. They beat them in week two. Uh, but really, you know, this this week, it, it feels like Columbus is on the cusp, right? I mean, I know they're winless right now, and I know that they're very much uh, really just hoping for that first win. But don't you have a feeling that this is one of those games where uh, they could definitely bring it if they... They, uh, if they wanted to, uh, I don't know. I have that strange, that strange feeling um, that this is that that case, and this is the thing. So, uh, as we look ahead to really what the key matchups are and and, and what we're going to be looking for out of this, this is a game where earlier in the week Fabian Guerra was not practicing. Uh, he didn't participate, but now, uh, as of the last practice report, he's a full participant. <laughs> So we've got to deal with Fabian Guerra, who actually went bonkers uh, against us the last time. It was uh, five for 44, three touchdown catches um, for Fabian Guerra against Atlantic City the last time these two teams met. So again, the the whole, the beginning, the middle, and the end of what this Atlantic City Blackjack team has to do, especially on defense, is just stop Fabian Guerra. Uh, it, it, it really for him, it's a matter of you just have to, and I can't, you can't double team very much in the Arena Football League, but you always have to make sure that whoever is going to be guarding him knows exactly where he's at every second of every play. Um, and and again, I'm not a defensive coach. I, I'm not <laughs> never been a football player very much, but I've watched enough football to understand that when a guy is burning and torching everybody in the league um he can't do it for very long because eventually you're going to get schemed against but uh we're we're pretty far into the season right now to where somebody should be able to figure out how to stop fabian guerra Uh, i know people have slowed him down uh, a couple of weeks you know here and there but uh by and large he's just been running wild over the entire league so uh it's just a matter of trying to figure out how to slow down fabian guerra uh, because really that is one of the main, absolute main weapons, um, that they have there. I mean, all the rest of the guys that, uh, that are on that squad, you know, it, it's not like they're, they're blowing up the, the stat sheets, you know, Stoshak has been something here and there, um, 
you know, but other than that, it's it's just it feels to me as if this this team, this black or this Columbus team is not necessarily um the the most explosive, obviously, of offensives. And I know that they've been in games that are close, um, but really it, it's not a matter of, of of them being and I don't even know how to really explain it. It's sad, but I mean, Columbus is just boiling and it's, it's that simmer point for them and they're going to eventually go off and just hopes that it's not this week against the blackjacks because the blackjacks defense, like I said in the last segment has been looking good. And, and when you can hold, you know, Shane Boyd and Baltimore to, to not scoring at all in the fourth quarter, then, you know, you, you've done pretty good. And, and, and I think if you're going to do something like, that against a guy um, like Shane Boyd, then you can certainly turn around and do it uh, to a guy who who really wasn't even making a start until this season in Grant Russell, um, right? I mean, so it, it stands to reason that if you can control Fabian Guerra, um, everybody else can pretty much uh, not necessarily hurt you that much. Um, Tony Stevens did emerge on the scene last week for Columbus against Philadelphia. He caught five for 98 and two touchdowns. Um, so you might want to keep an eye on him. Uh, Julian Lowe is no longer with the team anymore. So that's, that's one of those weapons out. Uh, and then again, like I said, they have like Paul Browning who, who kind of emerged and then Jensen Stoshak, who was a thing a couple weeks ago, but isn't. So, uh, who are you going to get on that Columbus team? And I think this is, um, if you're if you're guarding Fabian Guerra, then I think you're you're going to be safe. Uh, and then for the Atlantic City offense, again, it's just going to come down to yet another week of familiarity between Hippert and the rest of the squad. Uh, now that Hippert is practicing in full, thank goodness, uh, he he's getting the reps and he's getting ready for tomorrow or tonight. If you're listening on Friday. Uh, and, and for them, you know, again, it's just going to be a matter of, of having Brown and, and Ings and uh, uh, Grant, uh, all of those guys. And still now uh, really just show up to play and to, um, to to just have some more rhythm with Hippard because uh, Hippard can throw the ball. We, we know this. We've seen this. And Ings can catch the ball and run the ball back. And uh, Lamarck Brown is that great two-way threat of, of both rushing the ball and catching the ball. Um, so for them, it, it's just going to be being on the same page. And and the Columbus defense, again, it's not the greatest in the league right now. And, and they allowed 47 points to the Philadelphia Soul last week. Um, so again, they can be scored on and they can be scored on often. So it's just a matter of uh, Atlantic City being able to uh, take advantage of that uh, and, and to to be able to um, really just pour it on when they need to. You know, this season they've given up 56 to Albany. Uh, they gave up 48 to Baltimore in week two. Uh, obviously, they gave up the 42 to Atlantic City in week two. Uh, you know, I mean, granted, they, they have kind of held good teams to, to low points. Um, but Albany, you know, in week one, they scored 35 on them. Turned around in week three and scored 57, or I'm sorry, uh, in, in uh, week four and scored 56 on them. Uh, close, but no cigar. <laughs> So, you know, again, it, these teams, once they figure out that defense, that they can turn around and uh, and exploit it. So uh, it'll just be a heavy dose, I think, of Kendrick Ings in this game uh, as as Hippert really does love him some Kendrick Ings as well as he should because, doggone it, that guy has been definitely producing all season long and, uh, you know, somebody that, that uh, it should be on your radar, especially if you're a fantasy player. 
but if you look at, at the last matchup between these guys, um, you know, Hipper didn't have the best of games. In fact, he didn't have a great game at all. He went 17 for 22, 143, and only two touchdown passes. Um, one of those touchdown passes went to Lamarck Brown, five for 38. He only caught five passes, 38 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then uh, Wesley Malia actually caught the other one on his only reception for two yards in that touchdown. So again, this this destroyer's defense kept in check uh, the the Atlantic City offense. But then again, this was early, early, early in the season, and you know it was a matter of both of these teams were still getting their legs underneath them. It was the second week for both teams in the league. Um, so now that we've got a few more games under our belt, and and like I said, a few mu- a few more games of rhythm and familiarity. Uh, I think you're going to see a higher scoring game from from these teams, and I think it's going to be you know a lot more fun to watch. So we'll see. Uh, but in that game, also Grant Brown and Hippert all ran in touchdowns, uh, and so we managed to see three rushing touchdowns from three receivers. <laughs> each each one got their their fair share of a rushing touchdown. So. Um, we may see that again. That might be something that they, they know that they can exploit against this Columbus team. Uh, whereas it, uh, on the other side of the ball for Grant Russell, he was 21 of 36, 211, five touchdowns, one interception. So pretty decent game for Grant Russell, which I believe it was his first actual start, uh, you know, where he had come in for Southwick in week one. This was his first official start. So looking good for him in his first official start as he had Fabian Guerra, like I said, for three touchdowns uh, on 44 yards of five catches. Paul Revis, no longer a thing for the Destroyers, 5 of 75 for uh, with a touchdown, and Stoshak had 8 for 76 with a touchdown. So, And like I said, Stoshak has fallen off the boards here um, in the last couple of weeks and not necessarily been a huge factor. So this is a little bit different looking of a Columbus offense than um, Atlantic City saw in its first meeting. So, and, and again, with Grant Russell having uh, his, his first start, now he's got more starts under his belt and he's a little more comfortable with that offense as well. So uh, this is going to be uh, as much as it is a game against two teams that have met already this season. Uh, this is going to be a, I almost feels like a first meeting between these two teams because of the fact that, I mean, we're in week seven now and, and five weeks makes a huge difference when you're talking about new franchises, new faces, new rosters. And so uh, we are going to see quite a bit of, uh, of, action I think uh, more so than we did even though the score said 42 35 and, and it seems like a, a high scoring game for obviously the first couple of weeks of the of the season um, I, I think we're in for a few more uh, exciting plays I think we're in for a few more uh, points in this one and, and I think even Columbus might find a way to duplicate that 35 even though they've kind of been struggling a little bit uh, and I think again Atlantic City is in for a, a pretty decent game offensively so we can just look out for uh, Hippert to to toss the ball around and, and not settle for 143 passing yards uh, like he did last time but again you know if the rushing game is on point uh, you don't necessarily need to have a steady uh, uh, passing game or a lot of like we saw last week with Shane Boyd um, you know his his performance he didn't have a lot of passing yards but he certainly and he certainly got within what one point of winning so yeah I mean if you can run the ball then you certainly can control this game uh, for sure, especially in the Arena Football League. So, uh, again, if we look back 
to to what the destroyers did last week against the soul it wasn't necessarily the worst performance and again they scored 35 points just like they did last time but um you know they they just needed to to do more grant russell got himself a rushing touchdown uh and then nick seether or or scyther is however you want to pronounce it got himself a rushing touchdown on one yard uh and and you know they they can do it but it's not done often. So for Atlantic City, like I said, I think really what they need to do defensively is just seriously key in on Fabian Guerra. Make sure that he doesn't torch you because nobody else on that team really has the capacity to burn you as much as Fabian Guerra does. So um, again, that that is the one guy that I think you need to take out of this game. If you take him out of this game, you stand a much better chance at walking away with a W this week. So um, yeah, I mean... I wish, again, I wish there was some scientifically awesome uh, big secret that needs to be ha- that needs to be revealed in order for this to, to make sense. But it just, it's the long and the short of it is just being able to contain the guy that burns everybody and score a bit more points than they do. <laughs> Sounds so sports cliche, but it, it sometimes it's just that simple. Um, you know, if the, the Atlantic City offense can, uh, click the way they've been clicking lately and, and continue to uh, really just, I guess, operate at a high capacity, then they'll walk away with this win. And I think this is going to be a fun one to watch. It's going to be a great way to lead off the week, that's for sure. Um, on a Friday night, too, mind you, everybody, if you're listening to this and you're listening to this on Friday, um, remember that this game is on Friday. Don't miss this one. Uh, and hopefully it doesn't cut out in the middle of it. I, I'd love to see the whole thing. Um, but yeah, so okay. That is the week ahead. We, uh, again, are looking forward to some Blackjacks football uh, against the Columbus Destroyers, a rematch of week two. And uh, next week, um, you know what? I'll tease that on the close. So uh, I'll go ahead and close out the show. I know it's a short one this week because, um, you know, man, life is just getting so crazy. And and I love doing this podcast, but uh, I I just couldn't get a chance to do the podcast that uh, I wanted to do this week. So um, giving you this one because this is a lot of fun and, and I'm, I love talking blackjacks football. Just wish I could have seen, like I said, the rest of that game in order to really talk about it more. But uh, you know, as, anyways, as we get going with the rest of this, this show uh, on weeks to come, um, we'll, we'll have more to offer, but uh, for now, just, Hope you enjoyed listening to the recap and, and the re, uh, what's coming ahead in next week's uh, football game. So, all right, let's wrap the show up. And we're done with episode two of the Ace 10 podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. And uh, I said I'd tease it here in, this, in the close, but next week I have got a special guest lined up for you. I'm not going to reveal it yet because I want you guys to, uh, to have some uh, excitement built up for episode three. My first guest, I can't wait for him to come on. And uh, I certainly can't wait to talk about yet another Blackjack's win. Uh, and, and here's the thing. This show, I will definitely try to get it out a lot earlier this next week. I want to at least have Thursday release dates for this show uh, as opposed to having it right the day of the game. I know it's difficult when sometimes the games are on Friday, sometimes on Saturday. Uh, It makes for a nightmare of a schedule. But I'd like to have these out on Thursday morning for you. So um, just know that if you're subscribed to this, you can check on Thursday morning and hopefully it'll be waiting for you, ready to listen to another episode of the Ace 10 Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a a part of uh, our experience here in this first season of uh, Atlantic City Blackjacks football. And uh, yeah, just, just thanks for being you. So, all right. Uh, Until next time, good luck, everybody.